Hello, everybody. Can you believe it? It is our second to last episode of the Better Events Podcast for this season and this year. With that being said, we are talking about a very important topic today about leveraging imposter syndrome. We're going to get into what we mean about that. Leveraging is a really important word when talking about imposter syndrome. So we're excited for this topic. And so let's get into it. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow, and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started, and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Logan Clements, and I'm joined by fellow co-host, Mary Davidson. And before we jump into this week's topic, all about imposter syndrome, we're going to open up with a conversation starter. Now, Mary, I have a question for you. Do you have a favorite podcast besides ours or audiobook that you are listening to right now? I was telling Logan that I have so many that I want to listen to. So I have like a giant list, but one that has been surprisingly cool is um the in washington there's like an area that we call the south sound and there is a podcast called making it in the south sound but it's a chain the tacoma chamber of commerce podcast and so i don't know if i'm assuming other chambers of commerce have podcasts but it's highlighting business owners in that area and they're like short episodes are like 10 to 12 minutes long and they just share kind of about their businesses and what and what they do and how they got there i think it's so cool and it's local so it like resonates a little more for me um, so I'm really enjoying that podcast and I didn't know that that was like a thing that some chambers of commerce do. So that's one that I have been enjoying lately. What about you? Mine are both more for like, uh, entertainment purposes. Um, I'm like you, Mary, I feel like there's always a new one, but I'm currently obsessed with new heights. That's, uh, Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey, two NFL players that are also brothers. And, uh, Jason Kelsey is our, um, lovely uh, center for the Philadelphia Eagles, my favorite team. And they have a lovely podcast where they talk all about football and it's like new episodes every week. So they talk about the game that happened, the one coming up and, uh, they just have a really fun, like brotherly dynamic. So shout out to that one. And then my other one is love to see it, which is a podcast all about the bachelor and bachelorette franchise. And at this point I don't actually watch the show. I just listen to this like snarky feminist recap of the shows and it just brings me joy. And it just feels like, I feel like I have a finger on the pulse without actually watching the show. We're talking about imposter syndrome. And so um, why we chose this topic about leveraging imposter syndrome, not overcoming it, but leveraging it because it's an ongoing thing. And so it's something that Logan and I have both that just pops up a lot. And so we're excited to talk about it. We know that it affects, if you will, um, a lot of our colleagues and a lot of our friends, especially being a business owner. And so we're just going to deep dive into our experiences today and talk about how we leverage it. And so excited to, to dive into our topic. Um, so first off, we're going to define it. So defining imposter syndrome. So we are not psychologists or psychiatrists or doctors or anybody like that, but Google is, <laughs> Google said, um, there's a couple different definitions of imposter syndrome. So the first is it's a perceived fraudulence. It involves feelings of self-doubt and personal incompetence that persist despite your education, experience, and accomplishments. And so that's one definition that is from 
Healthline. And the next one is from Psychology Today, which says people, imposter syndrome is people who struggle with um, imposter syndrome believe that they are undeserving of their achievements and the high esteem in which they are, in fact, generally held. So I like that that phrase, I guess, of um, they believe that they're undeserving. It's an interesting phrase. So that's how I would define it. Logan, how would you add to that? I mean, I was just over here like, mm-hmm, yeah, like, yep, preach. That's exactly what it is. I think Mary and I, as we were uh, planning for this episode, I think one of the big things that came up is this talking about our experience with imposter syndrome, coming at it from this lens that we want to leverage it versus overcome it um, is so true because it's not saying that you don't have the skills and you're, you're lying to people around you that you are able to do these things and you're not, but it is, you're essentially having a voice or something internal in you that is telling you, you can't, even though everything else, it's like your experience, your accomplishments, your knowledge, your education says otherwise. And I think it's just something that can be kind of scary to talk about. Um, but this is something we try to do on the podcast is have some of these conversations that like Mary and I will have privately. And I feel like we're just going to let you guys in listeners and hopefully give you some examples and uh, some tools and, and tips that we have for overcoming and leveraging imposter syndrome. But I feel like Mary, I can't be Google's definition. It's just, it's so on it, but like. Yeah. And I think that there are probably many, many examples that we could share on experiencing imposter syndrome. Um, for me, I was telling Logan, it's like, um, every day when I wake up, I feel like I experience it. And so for, for me, being a business owner is like something that I never expected for my life. And it's amazing. And I like, didn't know there was this whole world, um, that I could partake in. But along with that comes, you know, feeling like, is this really what I'm doing? Can I do this? Can I keep doing it? Am I even doing it? Well, stuff like that which to me sounds like imposter syndrome. So it's pretty constant for me. Um, I think part of it's because I'm fairly new. And so I'm still really trying to like figure all of these things out. And so it's continual. But Logan, how have you experienced imposter syndrome? What are some examples? I, I echo what you say, especially when you first are getting started. I think imposter syndrome is something you can feel whether you work in events, outside of events, whether you own your own business, whether you work for someone else full time you know, it, it, it strikes all of us, but I especially feel like by being a business owner, you are somewhat on an Island and it can feel like it's just that it's like an extra evil head of imposter syndrome. And it was something that I always joked that like running when I first started, my business was like a roller coaster, almost on like a daily basis where I thought it was like the best decision I've ever made in the world. And then like the worst decision I've ever made. And I would just ride this roller coaster. Um, and to me, the whole point was as long as that bad you know, this is the worst decision feeling didn't stick. I was doing the right thing. Cause again, it's the ups and downs that we feel. Um, and that was something I felt with, I felt like with time, imposter syndrome has not gone away. I think I've gotten better with coping with it. Uh, but it does rear its ugly head every so often. Um, and that roller coaster of ups and downs, the best decision and worst decision doesn't, I don't feel like it's as intense as it was when I first started. Um, but like, for example, when I first started my business, I was really like, passionate about, you know, representing myself. I wanted to go after work on my own. But then I also was like kind of pretending I was this larger company than I was. I, I had all my marketing terms was like, we, and we're a group and there's lots of us. And I really kind of felt self-conscious about being just me, even though that was where a lot of my value was. Um, and I had a lot of people giving me unsolicited business advice because they knew I was so like new to running my own business. Unfortunately, there's a lot of like older white men <laughs> 
trying to tell me things of the way I could should hire people and how many offices I should open and all this stuff that just like didn't feel like it fit. Um, but it definitely fed into that imposter syndrome of worrying that like I wasn't, you know, I couldn't do what I was claiming I could do. Um, and things that kind of helped me in the early days, and I still go back to these, is just like talking it out with someone. Because there's things that I've learned that like the doubts that I say internally to myself um, don't really hold the same weight when I verbalize them out loud. So if I tell them to Mary of like, I'm not sure I could do something. Mary's like, hey, Logan, you just did an event that was like so similar to this. Not the same, but like very similar. It's like, oh yeah, okay, cool. So yes, I haven't done that specific type, but like I have something super similar. And sometimes just like verbalizing it versus letting it bounce around in your head um, is a helpful way to overcome some of those like shoulds or that voice in your head that's telling you that you can't do something that you probably can do. And it's okay that you haven't done it before. Um Mary, what's next? Do you have any other examples for like imposter syndrome? Well, I'm just doing some like recon all the on this while we're talking. And there's a really good article from Skipped Meetings. If, if you're familiar with them, they have lots of good articles about event related things. And this is just this is this is not a um, another experience, though. I'm sure exam more examples will come up as we talk. But it's interesting because in the article they're talking about how. Um, there's a significant element of comparison involved with imposter syndrome. So it's sometimes brought on, on like, yes, like you're saying, Logan, you've done this event before, you've done a similar event before. So yeah, of course you could do this event, but there's this comparison of like, well, I'm not as talented or haven't done it as long as so-and-so or such and such, which is actually really interesting because it goes along with our community of our competition idea a little bit, I feel like too. So there's the, all this, all this stuff that plays hand in hand with each other, which is to me, very interesting. And it's so hard not to compare it to other people because it's it's a, an extra level of, I don't know if I can do this, but it's, I don't know if I can do this because so-and-so can do it better. That's that's hard. That's hard to get over sometimes. Yeah. And I think that goes back, we'll link to that community over competition interview that we did with Natalie Frank um, from the Rising Tide Society, because I think she had such a great way of wording it and reframing where it's like, okay to feel jealous, like you're talking about, Mary, or like comparison culture but not seeing it as a like, then there's only room for them, but seeing it as if they can do it, then so can I, which I think is such a helpful kind of like affirmation to tell yourself when you start having that pickup in your head um, that it isn't. And again, this like queen bee syndrome, especially for women, like there's only one, it's like, no, there's, there's space for all. We can all be elevating how we do events. We can all be learning together. And I think that's definitely a mindset shift and it's helpful to surround yourself with people who also think that way. Uh, because then again, it helps feed into that feeling of community for yourself versus if you're constantly coming up against people who are, are kind of not thinking about the community. Um, but yeah, it's definitely one of those, Mary, like it's, again, it doesn't go away. And I think just to touch on why we're talking about not overcoming it, because I feel like when people talk about like overcoming your imposter syndrome, it feels like this dragon that you could conquer. And it's once you've slayed the dragon, you're never going to deal with it ever again. And like Mary, you're, Mary's a couple years into business. I just celebrated six in business. And I'm telling you, like, it doesn't go away. I think my coping mechanisms and my strategies I use help it have less of an impact. Um, but it's still there. It's just maybe slightly less debilitating. And it's also something that like, if we think through um, like an example of how I've experienced imposter syndrome this year, um, I've experienced it this year, even six years into business. And it was, you know, it's been at getting asked to do a role for an event that I've never done before. Um, but I, maybe I, I did that similar role for a different project and 
if you asked anybody else, they'd be like, there's no similarities. Who wasn't a familiar with events. They'd be like, those are completely sports and corporate, totally different. Why would you think they're the same? But then once you kind of get into the role and you, I talked to some very key people in my life that I go to for advice and they were like, no, look, it's the same. Like you could do this. Of course you could do this. They wouldn't have asked you if you couldn't have done this. And so I said, yes. And then getting into it, I'm like, oh, it's the exact same. There's just different terminology or slightly different elements. But like, if I'd stop myself at that fear of like, whoa, I can't do this. I haven't done this in this specific sector before. Like I never, you know, when, when would be the right time to do it? Cause again, we talk about events, you have to do, get the experience to get the gig, the gig to get the experience. And it's somewhere in there, there's a little bit of like trust in yourself and your abilities that you can do it. Um, and if you don't have that trust, you're probably saying no to some projects that maybe really would crush and love, but you're, you know, you just haven't applied yourself that way. Mary, do you have any, have you experienced imposter syndrome this year or this morning, as, as you mentioned? <laughs> this morning. Yeah, no, this year for sure. Like getting more into like some production roles, like, like what, which I've done with you, Logan. And but what I was just thinking is what's really helped is like having the, the tools or the resources or the people like you to help. So it's more like, I don't know if I can do it. Perhaps there are skills I have to make it possible, but I do know people that know how to do it or I know tools where I can learn how to do it. And that's what's going to really help. And so I think it's okay, yeah, admitting that maybe you don't know how to do something. I think a lot of people experience this during the pandemic too, right? Because it's like virtual events. Oh no, what do we do? Are we going to try to learn how to do this thing? Then everybody's doing it, but is anybody really good at it? Like, do, we, do, do any of us know what we're doing? It's, I feel like that definitely is something that might resonate with a lot of people because they've experienced it. But yeah, I mean, this year, um, the production side has really been that for me. And it's just been a crazy learning experience. And also just being in some small groups about fundraising events or just fundraising in general with some associations I'm a part of and talking to people and events come up. And I actually have something of worth to share. And I'm like, ah, did I did I just did I just say something valuable? Like I didn't know I had that in me, like something like that. And so I think it's like it's a roller coaster. Like you said, there are times like that where it feels very validating. And then there are times when you're like, I can't do this. What am I thinking? So yeah, I don't know. It's an epic roller coaster. And I don't know if I have a fix, but I think there are ways to, like you're saying, to to cope with it more so. Um, and I think the first step is like realizing right that it's a thing that a lot of people struggle with um so that to me is interesting and um as far as if it's like good or bad i think that's what what i'm saying kind of leads to because i think imposter syndrome can it can i think it can be debilitating in a way but if you don't let it i think it can really be good because it's forcing you to do something but what do you think yeah i think i totally agree with you it can be it's bad if it becomes a complete hard roadblock for you and you can't push through it, but it can also be good because it it's your own kind of, I, I always see it's like your gut, you know, your, your gut instinct, your, your reaction. And this is like your internal or, you know, and this is stuff that again, by talking it out, I'm a talker, uh, surprise podcast listeners <laughs> and like working through it with, with friends. And I go to therapy and just having like a sounding board to talk through this stuff of like, it's like a protective part of you, which is great. And that's just as exciting as your like inspiration. I have all these new ideas part of you, but like you kind of need the balance of the two. You need, you need, you need to have that to offset you and it, but it just shouldn't be a roadblock and make you not do something. So it's, it's good and bad. And again, why we're talking about leveraging it because I don't believe it ever fully goes away. I also don't believe it should feel the same in all seasons of your life. 
Um, like if I wanted to give up my business tomorrow and retool my skills and do something completely different, I'm sure imposter syndrome would play a much bigger role because I'm doing something brand, brand new, um, versus if you're doing things similar, but, um, I always in the moment don't like it, but afterward, if I reflect back, usually the projects or the aspects of my business that I felt so strongly of, I had imposter syndrome are the ones that I'm the most proud of today, or I'm most proud of looking back on. And again, we always, it's, I feel like hindsight always is like rosy or rose colored glasses. It's so much better than when you're actually in the heat of it. But like those roles that I felt the most nervous going into are usually the ones that I learned the most and grew the most and have the most to come out post event, you know, better for it. than the events that I'm like, Oh, I have no imposter syndrome on this. I could do this with my eyes closed. You could do it with your eyes closed. You do it. You did it. Check the box, but maybe you're not feeling like you learned all these new things. So it's kind yeah. of both. <laughs> Oh, totally. I think that we're all just like meant to be challenged in what, like one way or another in aspects of life. And like, wow, what a challenge that is. But it's too, it's like you learn so much, like you're saying. And then when you're done with it, it's so rewarding. Those are, those are moments with events when I'm like, like, okay, when you're done with an event, you already feel like that feeling that weight is lifted and it feels wonderful. And you're like, wow, we did that. But when it's like, you're coming from the imposter syndrome mindset with that event or that role. It's like a, wow, we really did this. That means I could do it again if I wanted to. Like, yeah, I think it's, to me, that's motivating. Um, but it, you kind of have to like go through the, the fire to get there <laughs> a little bit, which yeah. is hard, but with those tools and resources and people, like we were saying, that really, really helps get you through that. Cause sometimes you need that outsider's perspective. So totally. Yeah. And another example, I feel like of where I felt imposter syndrome was, um, doing the whole, I mean, we could probably have felt it with this podcast, but like personally for me with doing my like YouTube videos, it was a per, kind of a perfectionist roadblock where I was like, I don't want to do it till I'm good at it. And then it's like, well, the only way you get good at it is by doing it. And it's like, but then I'll be bad. And you know, wh who am I to say I'm an expert in something? And similar to what you touched on Mary of like, oh no, you have value. You have things to add. And maybe to you, they just feel like second nature. Like, why would this surprise anyone? And then you're getting, you're putting it out there in the world and getting this feedback. And that was one that to help motivate myself as like a tool to just pull the trigger and start making videos. I did go back and watch a bunch of people's first videos. Um, like anyone whose video I'd recently watched. So I was like, oh, I kind of liked what they had to say. I'll go back on their channel and you'd like have to scroll, 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 but go back to like their first few videos and see how much they've grown and improved. And that gave me confidence to be like, cool, the product I'm putting out, what I'm doing right now is not my, you know, going to be like the, the measuring stick for all of my achievements. It was something that was like helpful. And that helped me overcome some of that imposter syndrome of like, who am I to offer this content that I'm thinking I'm going to spend time doing. Um, and it's been nothing but beneficial today now, once I've been doing it for two years, but that was definitely like why I then all of a sudden pulled that trigger, um, was talking it out with lots of people and then watching that first of someone else. And same thing with your business. You can go and look at people early in business or try to find articles they wrote or something like that and be like, wow, they've come a long way. Yeah. It's super interesting. And that also made me think of like, um, I, I like have this, I think we both have this entrepreneurial mindset and like just lots of lots of thoughts about business and ideas. And so when folks ask us whether they're reaching out to us on like the podcast, Instagram or email or something like this, which happens really often, or they're just people I know who are thinking of starting a business and they're like, I don't know if I should do it. I don't know if I can do it. And we have this conversation. I'm always like, no, you can do it. It's the best. I recommend it to everybody, which is I've learned, you know, it's not for everybody, but <laughs> and it's interesting because like a lot of people start off wondering like if they can do it. And it's what we talk about here a lot is with events. If you 
you need the experience to to get the gig but what's the phrase you need the experience to get the gig but the gig to get the experience yep the, the chicken and the egg situation yes and so all of this to me like goes hand in hand where it's really challenging and um but what's interesting and i found the more that i interact with business owners and myself <laughs> is the piece of advice that i really love to give is like no you can't do it because most people who start off don't know what they're doing and you just figure it out along the way and so that's what a lot of us are doing. <laughs> but that comes some really hard lessons learned, which is why we have this podcast. We can share things with you. Um, but I think it's like it's very common. A lot of people just end up um, faking it till you make it, which is a phrase that I wanted to bring up today in reality of, you know, starting a business. You're just faking it till you make it. And I think a lot of us are faking it till we make it. So it's yeah. Well, and one of the evil parts of imposter syndrome is it feels very personal. It feels yeah. very lonely. It's very much about you and you alone. And I think again, the, the reason we wanted to do this episode was to let you know you're not alone. But I feel like once you have that realization that other people are feeling the same way you're feeling about maybe their specific role, even the most senior person down to the you know entry level person could be having similar feelings, no matter where they are, because they again, it's not a dragon you conquer. It's something you manage, like that can just be liberating. Like if you are the only person in the room who thinks you're faking it till you make it, you're wrong. A lot of people are just faking it till they make it. And that, and an example of that could be like, you're fake it. You know how to do events. You're working full-time for an agency. You decided to go freelance. Maybe you've never done sales or the, your finances or your HR by yourself. That's fine. That doesn't mean you're a bad event planner and you can't take on great events but maybe it means you might have to dedicate some time or outsource those other parts that you don't know, but you, you, you learn. And as, as Mary says, we all love, we're, we're both of us love to encourage people to start their own businesses, but I know it's not the right fit for everyone, but you won't know until you do it. There's no like cookie cutter. If you have these four traits, of course, you're going to be great at it. You have to try it for yourself. Um, and so many of us, you're just kind of figuring it out as you go. You're checking those boxes as people ask them for you. Um, and you rarely like start a business with all these other things lined up. Um, and so you do have to get very comfortable with faking it until you make it, but then also knowing your limitations and knowing when to ask for help and who you can trust to go to, to ask for help. Um, like maybe don't ask your client, like, so what's an invoice, you know, just write it down. They want an invoice from me. And then later on, you're like, okay, how would I format an invoice? You know, Google, like Mary said, Google's great or YouTube or hire an accountant. Like that's, you know, figuring out the right time to ask those questions. Um, yeah, I think the key, what you just said is like the action piece. It's like you fake it till you make it because in the meantime, you're figuring out how to do it. Like that's really the key piece yeah. there, I think, which is important. And yeah, I don't want anyone to like listen to this episode and just reiterating this. We've already said it, but to, to feel like it's a roadblock for them, like imposter syndrome or anything like that, because it's, there's just like so much potential and it's so hard for me to see people who, don't take action because of this feeling and it's so so hard and we get that it's hard but this is us telling you no you can do it just go do it yeah yeah and let's dive into some of those kind of like tips and tools for overcoming or leveraging imposter syndrome um mary kind of had already started to lay out a little bit of a map for us but you know step one of just acknowledging it i mean one of my favorite tools is talking it out and talking it out with people that are also in the same place of business. Like when I first started, I was talking to other entrepreneurs. Um, I was also trying to talk to more senior people. Um, I also, yep, like I said earlier, I have a therapist. I talked to them about it. Um, 
and it's okay if those people change as you develop, but like having a network of people that you, or maybe network's the wrong word here, like a support system of people that you can talk through some of these scenarios to make sure one to hit that point. We said, you're not alone, but also to have somebody to kind of like question some of these beliefs you're telling yourself since that definition we said at the top of the episode, a lot of it, there's not very much like concrete fact based to imposter syndrome. It's things that you were doing inside your own head and conclusions you're making. And like the only way to get out of that is sometimes to talk to people um, or journal. If you're not a talker, if you're, if you're more introverted, you know, journal it out. I think Mary, you have a great like business journal record book kind of thing that you're keeping. Um, that's like another great example. Um, but just, just talking it out, I think can really help with like step one of, of recognizing it and then starting to take that action steps. And I think part of the action step, like step 1.5 or step two, maybe we're at is to, um, and this is from the Skift article that I was mentioning earlier, but they say separate fact from fiction. So it's like what you said, and part of that's leaning on other people, like we've already talked about, but to really get out of your emotions and then say, but I have done this, so I can do this. Like that's a fact. So maybe that's step 1.5 or two. Yeah. Well, and I think too, for leveraging it, like, just that once you have that awareness, putting it out there, if you're trying to do events that you've never done before, or you're trying to do a certain role that you've never done before, like starting to verbalize that to your network, starting to say, Hey, I've never been a backstage manager, but I'd be really interested in learning and knowing like to marry your example, like maybe working with a brand new agency you've never done before in a brand new role is like too many unknowns for you. It's too anxiety inducing or nerve wracking, but you have a friend that you've done other projects with in a different role. And you're like, Hey, I want to try something else. You know, that person, you know, their communication style. Okay. Now I'm going to try this other event. And I do this with, you know, people that I work with and I'm like, I know they're good. They don't think they can do this, but I know they can do this other role. Like, you know, let me see if they'd be willing to do that. Um, and that can be like a good way to start to retool and overcome some of that imposter syndrome. Um, of things that you can or cannot do. Shadowing is another great way to do something like that. If you're, again, we've recommended, I feel like for people breaking into the industry, but at any time, shadowing is really great just to kind of get a feel for things. Um, and again, if you see someone else doing it, it can kind of, instead of saying, oh, there's only room for that one person in that seat over there. It's more like, oh, I could go join them too. And you're seeing things like, oh, that's similar to what I did with this. And like Mary's saying, it, it lines up. I think your step's more like step two, Mary, because it really is then helping you line up facts and, you know, other and people behind some of those lies you might be telling yourself that you can't do this. I think that's a really great point is going to look at what other people are doing. Go look at their Instagram, their YouTube, their websites, just all of the things like Logan has said, because you're right that, that those are the circumstances where I've been like, maybe I could do that, too. Like, it's, it's cool what they're doing, but maybe I could do it, too. So, yeah, look at all these things. Maybe you're listening to this feeling like I could I could do this podcast. <laughs> I could do an events podcast. I'm like, well, then do it. If there's room for all of us, that's a really great point. So I'm glad that you brought that up. And then as far as other tips and tools for overcoming imposter syndrome, are there any others that you have for us, Logan? I mean, we're a podcast, so I love listening to podcasts that tackle this, especially those that have guests on like who are psychologists and, um, you know, study the science behind it. Um, but just getting different perspectives. So the article will link in the show notes, this episode, other episodes. Like, I think it's just helpful because there is no one solution for you. Um, but I, I would challenge you listeners, if you haven't felt like you've experienced imposter syndrome in a while, it probably means you're not learning. 
And I think that's something that I've retooled, I've like reframed as a positive for feeling imposter syndrome, that gut feeling of like, maybe I can't do this to like flip it on its head. It's like, and maybe that's okay. Maybe this is the time to learn it. Cause when else would I learn it? A lot of times, like you're not going to know that you love doing this role until you actually do it. Um, or where we see, I feel like a lot of young grads or people in college, you know, you study and get a major in something and then realize you don't actually like the real world application of what you did. You don't know until you try it. Um, and so just having that as like a gut check. Um, and then I think my other piece would be, I talked about leveraging your, your like support system and stuff, but also knowing who to go to for what you're looking for. So like, I have my people that are really into events that I can like go to if I like really want to break down questions I have about a role or do they think this is a, you know, those clients being really needy in the process of just signing. Should I even go forward with it and just getting other people's perspectives? Or if I'm just calling to have someone hype me up and tell me that I'm a girl boss and I got this and I'm going to crush it and I should totally ask for more money. Like there are different people I call at different times um, for those, those different needs. So again, imposter syndrome can kind of creep up at all different times, but I think embracing it and seeing it as a positive without it being a roadblock is like really the big takeaway of this episode. Because if, if we did that, I don't think we'd ever have this podcast, Mary. <laughs> I always credit you with like driving this. And I feel like you credit me for you for driving this, but like, it was really a team effort. And if we were like, who are we to have a podcast? You know, this never would have gotten off the ground and we'd never build a community like we have here with you guys, listeners, and the folks we've heard from, who've reached out to us at our Gmail. It's like really special, and I hate to think what a, like that this wouldn't have been happened if we were too afraid to start it, or too you know that imposter syndrome was such a barrier. We were like, why would we do this? It's it's so interesting. We'll have to do another like follow up episode. I feel like to see how it continues to affect us in a, in the years to come, especially with the podcast. It's pretty interesting and. Hopefully this uh, was motivating to all who are listening. Please reach out if you have thoughts, questions, advice, tips, tricks, all the things. We love to to share it with everybody. Um, and so I think that brings us to the end of our episode, which then brings us to, as you know, our bonus tip, which Logan has today. Yeah. So this week's episode has nothing to do with events, more a personal tip. But um, are you someone who likes cold, you know, warm drinks? especially as this cooler weather sets in, whether it's coffee, tea, hot cocoa. This is a pro tip that I learned from my dad that he did when I was home visiting one time is to microwave your cup ahead of time before you pour the hot liquid in. So like just taking it right off your shelf, it's probably going to feel a little cold unless you have your heat really high or you live in a warm place. Popping it in the microwave for like 15, 20 seconds, it like just warms the mug slightly and then you put it in your under your coffee maker, pour your coffee or pour your tea. Um, it just really keeps your drink like a lot warmer, a lot longer. Uh, it was a something that I, I saw him do. And now it's turned into kind of like an unconscious practice that I do. Um, and always just, it makes me really happy. So microwave your cup if you're going to drink something hot and it will last a lot longer sitting on your desk. I love that. It makes me feel cozy. I want to go try it. <laughs> So thank you for that great personal bonus tip today, Logan. And thank you everybody for listening to the Better Events Podcast again this week. We are so happy to have you with us. If you'd like to reach out to us, please do at bettereventspod at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Better Events Pod. And thank you so much again for listening. We will be back with you again next Wednesday. Wednesday.